0: Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Dirks Diggler. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up.
1: Want to hear a poem I wrote? I love you. You love me. Going down the sugar tree. We'll go down the sugar tree and we'll see lots of bees playing and playing, but the bees won't sting because you love me. That's it. That's fucking great, man. Did you write that? Yeah, I write songs too. My fucking wife has an ass
0: her cock over in the driveway, alright? I'm sorry if my thoughts aren't with the photography. The film we're shooting tomorrow, Kurt, okay?
2: I don't want to make a film where they show up, they sit down and jack off, and they get up, and they get out before the story ends. It is my dream. It is my goal. It is my idea to make a film that the story just sucks them in, and when they spurt out that joy juice, they just gotta sit in it. They can't move until they find out how the story ends. You know? I want to make a film like that. Cue the theme song!
1: You got the touch! You got the power!
2: Yeah. Actually, she's got a great big cough. Well, I don't know. I guess that. May I see it? Really? Please. Come, 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 come here, come here. I want you to go over there and sit on the couch. Here we go. Are we going to fuck? Oh, yes. <sighs> Let's go get some of that Saturday night beer. Are you going to take your skates off? I don't
0: take my skates off. Oh. Don't fuck your in. Okay. Fucking
2: idiot! Fucking idiot! Please. Fucking idiot! Fucking idiot! You're not my boss. You're not the king of me. I am the fucking king of
1: Dirk. When I close my eyes, I see this thing. It's like this big sign. And the name is in like bright blue neon lights with like purple outline. And this name is just so bright and so sharp that the sign, it just blows up because the name is just so powerful. It says Dirk Dick.
0: All right. Let's go back to a time... That's 1997, which takes us in this movie back to the time of 1977 and the porn industry. Several colorful colorful characters. I like talking. Boogie Nights is what we're going to get into. Yes, this is it. The first of five movies will get done in the month of July by P.T. Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson. This one in particular, um, I think we will all have kind of um uh, fond memories of uh, because when I first saw this movie way back when in the early 2000s probably um I thought it was a hell of a good time a lot of good fun a lot of colorful characters but when I was getting ready to revisit it for the show um I saw the runtime which made me kind of go like what and then another thing I noticed was that written and directed By Paul Thomas Anderson and uh, a lot of movies we've done in recent times we've said yo stick to directing but don't write and direct so will this movie be a victim of that I don't know we'll talk about it but written directed by P.T. Anderson starring oh my god this cast we got Mark Wahlberg Julianne Moore Burt Reynolds Don Cheadle John C. Riley, William H. Macy because those uh, middle initials are big Heather Graham uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman Louis Guzman uh, Nicole Ari Parker It goes on and on. Thomas Jane gets in there. Robert Wrigley. Robert Downey Sr. Um, Nina Hartley makes an appearance of this. You might not know who she is. She's a porn star. Uh, And this movie's about porn. So funny for that. Kind of loosely based on uh, a John Holmes uh, documentary um, where um, it was going on about the life of John Holmes. And that's what the main character in this, Mark Wahlberg, who plays Eddie, also known as... The Diggler, Dirk Diggler, fucking amazing name, by the way. Yeah. Dirk Diggler is a great name. Um, what's your guy's history with this? I, like, I, I know we've watched this movie together before. Um, possibly even that Colin might have shown me this movie or. Um, one of us might've introduced it to another way back in the day, but, um, I, like I said earlier, I I had like huge fond memories of this movie, um, because it was like a really good time. It had tons of outrageous things. It kind of unabashedly was about the porn industry, which I hadn't quite seen in a mainstream movie before. So it handled a lot of very serious topics. Um, what's your history? Give me the history.
2: For me, I I honestly can't remember. Um, (laughs) <laughs> fuck I really can't remember I remember seeing this movie a long time ago I remember enjoying it right away but man I can't tell you what my history is with this I wouldn't even have known who Paul Ten- Thomas Anderson was when I watched it the first time though he wouldn't have been think, like something in my brain at that point
0: no no I, I, I agree with that and like I think that I th- it seems to recall that I remember someone talking about the dick in this movie the dick at the end and I was yeah. like oh interesting big dick you say go on
1: I, I don't even I don't remember the first time I saw this movie, but I do think that this movie didn't only introduce Paul Thomas Anderson to the world, but a lot of these actors I don't I I'd have to look back, but I don't believe a lot of them were really uh, well known when this movie came out. He got like well, this a is cast. Wahlberg's
2: like second movie, but his first big one.
1: Yeah, I mean, but a lot of the other character actors, I think, were kind of going under the radar in smaller roles in films and tv shows until this movie where he really put a spotlight on them much like um you know tarantino i think him and tarantino do a lot of the similar things they not only bring back or revive people's careers like burt reynolds um but like really put a spotlight on the brilliant um kind of character actors that no one had seen or heard of Nobody knew their names. Everybody would recognize them, and then they've seen them and things. But this is when, like, I think people like Julianne Moore and Louis Gusmussen and, uh, you know, they started to to know their names. People started to know who they were. It was because this movie was so big and popular that, uh, you know, even like the guy who plays Reed Rothschild. uh, What's his name again? Philip C. John, C. John, John C. Riley. R- yeah. like I remember I, he was completely unknown to me until I saw this with him in it and I loved him in this this is another one of those movies it's just so funny to me uh, where I kind of bounce around with people being my favorite characters every time I watch it and then like sometimes yeah. it's Buck and, and other times it's uh, Louie and other, other time I like I mean Louie's always great in this But you, there's just so much going on and it's really hard to do an ensemble movie without feeling like you're, you're straying away from the main story. Um, and he, he really does that well by world building and, and characterization in each scene. Uh, so each character gets a little bit more likable and, uh, it's, He's very good at that with not just this film but other movies like Magnolia he as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on in this movie through the common thread of how the porn industry developed and transformed from the 70s into the 80s with the, you know, going from from film to tape. Basically, um, it's kind of one of the stretching backstories and, you know, what our audience is into. How is it going to differ, you know, when we move from people jerking off in theaters to jerking off in the comfort of their own home? This movie didn't do incredibly well in theaters. I mean, made for around 15, pulled in about 40 at the box office. So, like, if I triple my budget on a movie, I think that's going to be good. But I think this movie really took off uh, in, in home viewings. Um, and especially as, as uh, uh, P.T. Anderson's next set of movies came out and, you know, had a, a consistent, uh, competent hand behind them. And um, I think that, that, that worked out really well for this movie to um, to really get going. Like, I think people wouldn't watch this movie on its face because of the the link to porn. It would probably think it's glorifying the porn industry. And I think this movie does anything but glorify pornography.
1: Yeah, I think the way that, Things have changed too these days with the way that movies are being uh, marketed and, and sold and to streaming services and stuff. I think it w- was incredibly hard for people like Tarantino and Anderson to get $15 million movies made yeah. Um, yeah. because to get into the theaters because of the risk financially. But now that streaming services are like buying things outright before they're even created um, from people like him, I think... That's probably where he's going to end up landing Is uh, uh, more in streaming services But I mean Yeah I think most, why, most things
0: feel like they're going that way But
1: why not right Like I mean it's a great yeah. avenue for people like him And uh, Tarantino I wonder
2: if he's too much of a purist for it Like Tarantino yeah, would never do a Netflix Trillow like a, something like that right if they, if they offer P.T. Anderson like a three movie deal With Netflix for like half a billion dollars Or whatever the fuck I don't know I wonder
0: like I could see them being purist for like cinema for a movie but I wonder if they do like a mini series or something else different but they could get behind and like feel what it feels like to make a 10 hour something because you know like both of them are stretching the limits on their runtimes they might really appreciate the time to really build those characters because this movie's runtime is directly impacted by how much screen time we get with so many characters in this movie where like Wahlberg is the lead but there are times when you don't see him for huge gaps, and we spend a considerable amount of time with certain secondary characters, like Julianne Moore, uh, with Don Cheadle, um, certain other characters you don't get as much alone time, like John C. Riley. Um, you get a bit with Bill Macy, but you have to, you need a lot with him at the first half of the movie because once he decides to go dippity-doo, that's close to the halfway point of the movie when everything starts to uh, to turn around. Oh, and by the way. This movie is all about a high school dropout named Eddie who lives in a bad home, gets as far away as he can from uh, his home to go work in um, Reseda. He's in from Torrance, California. And uh, through being there, he catches the eye of Jack, uh, Jack Horner. He's a porn filmmaker. They share a little bit of a moment. And um, yeah, it turns out that Eddie is no slouch to showing his, <laughs> his massive hog. Let's not beat around the bush. This boy is super well hung. Uh, And so after he gets a bit of an audition with Roller Girl, he gets into the business and um, Jack Horner has built this kind of little family around him and everything is all wonderful and lovely in the disco era. And there's a dance montage that's pretty good. And there's people who aren't in the movies, but are surrounding um, these people and part of the family, like Louis Guzman, who owns a little restaurant. Uh, And so, Everything is great and then things just kind of fall to shit and everyone has big challenges and needs to overcome adversity and not everybody makes it at the end of the day. So there's that as well. Um, And so will people pull their shit together by the end of the movie or not? We go on a wild ride through the 70s and 80s.
1: Dirk Diggler. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Jesus. People also don't write movies like this today. Um they, they tend to like these montages like Woody Allen used to make films like this. And, and some of the older directors used to make these montages, um, with multiple characters, um, and stories running through. So, um, it's, it's a different kind of movie, and it's really hard to make. There's been so many bad movies where people try and do this, um yeah but he i mean not only does he get the cast i mean like look at the cast in this like all yeah. of them are like standout performances it's just so crazy how good these actors all are yeah what a, yeah, what considering a lucky you know
2: which is funny because burt reynolds like superstar from the ages right Yeah, hated pt anderson on this movie they got along like fucking cats and dogs and, but this is his only ever Oscar nomination is for this yeah.
0: movie. Yeah, I, I, I saw, I was reading about that as well. And um, it said um, that maybe he didn't win the Oscar because he tried to distance himself from this movie so much once it was released. Like, I don't know how you could say the lines and be filmed that Jack has to say in this, because <laughs> if you listen to his lines, like delivered in a different way in a different movie, they'd be ridiculous, but... Um, he's one of my favorite characters in this movie, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. His whole, like, whatever you think of pornography, um, like I was saying earlier, this movie does not glorify it. It, it creates, it's very business-like, right? It's not, it, there is some sex and people having fun having sex and, and then there's a lot of drugs, which you kind of expect. Um, But when people are like doing the work in this movie, it's a job and you and you kind of get that and the passion. And and Jack really has a huge passion to make good movies. And it's nice to see him sort of succeed at that and then immediately be challenged again when (laughs) when his main financier uh, gets into child, well, is into child pornography and gets caught and he has to make a deal to start making the tapes and you know with the guy who's now financing his movies it's like nope we need a million shitty movies out of you not three really good movies out of you and so um yeah the 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 actors pull all of this off given the subject matter expert really well people you wouldn't expect to see in movie about porn like Julianne Moore and Burt Reynolds and and Don Cheadle like uh it's it, it makes it like really interesting to watch and get into everyone's characters and you you end up forgetting at times that these are Porn stars and 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 any kind of negative connotation you would put with what a real porn star might be like in the world, you'd never really know. But you probably think they're like, oh, just drug addict, whatever. You know, haven't they had bad lives and all that shit? And th- that is here, but it's still like the, each character is so freaking engaging in this movie;
2: it's ridiculous.
0: Mm.
2: No, it is true. I was I was originally when I looked at this, I was like, so Philip C. Riley or John C. Riley was in Hard uh, Eight, which is like pt's first real movie right yeah so i was wondering like was john c Riley like did did pt anderson make him a serious actor because he doesn't seem like like that's his world he seems more at home i mean just like you know kind of looking at him and seeing his behavior and like stepbrothers and stuff like that like he he seems like he fits that or like a walk hard or whatever that dewey cox story and stuff like that yeah like that seems where his home would be but he is such a good dramatic actor and then I looked and he's fucking did a ton of movies before he ever did a Hard Eight even. Like he's just he's like one of my favorites in this. And he's in like all P.T.'s movies. I think yeah. because he is like such a fucking gem of an actor and he pulls it off so well.
0: There's something really sympathetic about him. You never hate him because you always kind of feel bad for the characters. They're so um, I don't know. They're just like not quite all together and there there's always something weird like in this movie he's he's like immediately when him and eddie meet they're like how much you bench and he kind of treats him like hot garbage because he's trying to establish his alpha status and maybe he could do that with some people but he's got to take a backseat to eddie um it's just really hilarious to watch him how what a try hard he is but he's ultimately a good guy underneath he just wants to do good and he gets caught up in some heinous shit
2: well, he kind of suffers from the same thing that all of these actors tend to anyways, which is like this sense of arrested development where they are like stuck somewhat yeah. in adolescence, right? Yeah. And and they kind of are enabled to do that because of their lifestyle. Like they're just having sex for fun. And so they, they can do all the drugs they want. They can party. It's All they're doing at the end of the day is is they're going to fuck. And if they can do that, then great. So it's always very interesting to watch that because Jack is very much the parent. And even like Julianne Moore, who should be like the matriarch of it and is, um, she's still got that same like, you know, naivete or whatever, right? She's Yeah. It's just very interesting to watch the dynamic of these characters. Like nobody has an arc in this movie. Um, Everybody's the same at the end as they are in the beginning. And (laughs) fucking... Uh, it's so interesting how that all works, man. Like, you know
0: what? That That's a really interesting comment because they do arc, but they end up back at the close to the same spot where they began, I think, is an accurate statement. They they end up arcing like to go wild and then to start to get, bring themselves back to to a level. Because um, like Mark Wahlberg starts out as this, you know, innocent, friendly guy and then becomes a drug-fueled, you know, like basically robber. But yeah. then goes back to goes back to Jack for help at the end. So then he ends up being back to being the the normal, lovable kind of porn star. So um, that's really interesting.
1: I think it's more so not an arc. But what ends up happening is all of the characters start off in like a, a place that is good. Like once again, Burt Reynolds is trying to wants to do something positive. He wants to make a, a ma- his masterpiece. And, and Dirk just wants to, you know, have something special. And a lot of the other characters, um, all the other characters, are trying to do something um, good with their lives, and instead, throughout the course of the success, they lose focus on those good things, and and they they become egocentric or drug fueled, um, and lose their way, and lose perspective, and then through the through the movie, they they get it back again. They they. They realize they went down the wrong path, and and they try and do a reset, and yeah, you know, and they want forgiveness for fucking up in the middle of the movie. There's there's so much talk about forgiveness and stuff, and um, and
0: acceptance. Yeah, like more Moore, like
1: family, all of it, right? Julia yeah. Moore wants to be forgiven for screwing up with her son, and and uh, Roller Girl wants to be forgiven for you know for never finishing high school not being a normal student who went to college and, and she's in porn and she, she you lost know, her she... childhood. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like she, she chases Julianne Moore in that scene because she's like, can you be my mommy? Like yeah. she, she looks like she like, cause that's the thing is like, you never see her, Like, you see Mark Wahlberg has a mom, despite the fact that she's a huge piece of shit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you never see roller girls. I mean, you can imagine probably same situation, right? Yeah, probably. Um, Porn, especially back here, was not like porn nowadays, right? Where, like, any fucking middle-class girl can show her pussy on camera for a fucking, you know, for free and make a a boatload of money, and and it's fine. Back here, this is, like, terribly taboo. So the people that were going into this were generally... Not from the best situations, so yeah. I mean, it's it's very interesting to watch those characters um, interact because they, you can imagine they're the same, but they kind of come at it differently. Girl, girl always seems to keep her head about herself. She's just she accepts that she's a part of it, but Mark uh, or Dirk seems to want to like surpass that, right? And the people yeah. that caught the up people,
1: their wants and needs and desires are like a lot of them are very simple. And yep. I think it would come off as silly, or trite, or trivial had the performances not been so good. Buck, his character by played by Don Cheadle, is a perfect example of that. Like he just wants to open his super Buck Super Stereo store, and that's his yep. like modest little dream that he wants. And it like once again, it could seem trivial or silly, but the performances are so good that you're rooting. For him to get his stereo star, and you want him to succeed, and and when he goes to that bank and asks for that loan, I mean the scenes are very simple. Um, if you like, if you were to take apart all of his scenes away from everybody else's scenes, and like, there there there's not it's not very complicated. It's very simple, like his his story. Uh, you know, he just you know he he has an identity crisis in the beginning. And, you know, yeah. he does like stereos and he does love that, that his job and stuff, but he wants to do it on his own and he wants to, you know, make a living at it. And, and, yeah. uh, he finds someone that understands him and, and he finds his own identity and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, and it's so great to watch. And it, it the, the movie as dark and, and messed up as it is at times, it, 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 it actually is um quite positive and there's a light at the end of the tunnel uh What's for the, for all of the characters
2: i found it really interesting what you said when you were like everyone is shooting for like just really simple things actually right and yeah. i think that is actually a nail right on it like that made me think of like you know like the hierarchy of needs or whatever right and like the top of that is like self actualization right like that feels like what everyone here is looking for they're just looking to like become like the best image of themselves in whatever field they are, right? Like Dirk just wants to be the superstar of the dick. Um Buck just wants his stereo store. Like everyone's just pursuing um that thing that that at the end of the day, I think that, that eludes they them. feel like makes them whole, right? Julia yeah.
1: Moore just wants to be a mother. I mean, that's all she really yeah. wants. She wants yeah. to be a good mother. Like which is hilarious
2: yeah. because that seems to be like completely available to her, but she doesn't even ever it's out of Both. her
1: reach, though, for for who she is. She's too well, she's broken, like, and yeah. and she's breaking her kid too. Like yeah. I I sympathize with her, but I agree with what they, was done to her in the film. She she was yeah. not responsible enough to take the kid, and sh- the kid shouldn't have been at that house. It was yep, the yep, house agreed. is filled with with things that that kid shouldn't be exposed to, and I don't think she it's, would be very. Cautious in making sure that her kid wasn't exposed to those things. I, I don't. She yeah. wants to be a mother and she wants to be a good mother and she wants to be forgiven. But, but she for most help of the herself. movie, she doesn't. She doesn't deserve um, to have her kid.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- her her scenes are especially interesting because they. Um, this movie does a good job not really taking sides. That like you can tell she wants her kids, and you're like, I don't understand how she could be a great mother, but I understand that she wants her kids. And then when they have that mediation with the judge and the husband's like talking about her history and then I love where they cut that scene where the judge is like, have you ever been arrested before? And she just looks and then it cuts to where they're outside and she is bawling. And like, even though you're like, she probably shouldn't have that kid right now, uh, you still feel for her. And she's so good in that scene crying. It's, It's awful. It's
1: never a lack of sympathy for me. And I want her to succeed, but she's failing miserably. At what she yeah. then- wants most of them are i feel like Bach is one of the few characters who doesn't get in his own way and he gets screwed over like for his reputation or what he's done in the past but he hadn't he never did anything wrong it's just what he did for some jobs was frowned upon but he's a he's a good person who's not who's not torpedoing himself so it was so nice when he catches that very very messed up break where he, he gets yeah. the money and, uh, yeah. and you, I don't mind that he takes it. I mean, who is he hurting by taking that money? Anyone who could be hurt is already dead. And so I, oh, I him know taking that, a, you know, like two grand, you know, whatever it is, is not a big deal. that's the
2: thing nobody in this movie is a bad person like everybody is likable and and you cheer for them like which is really interesting because there's like who's the protagonist everyone seems to be their own
1: um yeah they are yeah
0: it's everyone versus themselves yeah
1: that is true maybe thomas maybe thomas jane the same Maybe Thomas, Thomas
2: Jane, Jane, yeah, but I'd say all out of all the main characters, Thomas Jane's like kind of peripheral. He comes in as like almost an outside force yeah. to 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 um to put uh pressure, you know, on on Dirk and Reed to And even to what he does back. is as
0: a result of their their drug-fueled addiction, which all of them go through. They all go in that car and go along the ride and they're going to do some shady shit, it, even though it doesn't involve murder, but it does involve ripping off a guy that, and their plan is just total shit. To yeah. go in, but um, you know it's not driven because Todd is evil. It's just that he's a little bit more desperate and 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 maybe snorted too man, too much coke before they went in there, um, which well, also they don't, gives they don't us know
2: about it. And they don't like that his plan is that right. Which
0: I yeah, find very absolutely. Yes, well, right? I, I do stop, as well.
1: They try and stop him, and without that, times. we wouldn't
0: we wouldn't have. Uh, and I forgot to mention him in the cast. Uh, just a little role for Alfred Molina. Uh, as Rahat Jackson, like yeah. I think, I think we, I think we might have talked about this as we were watching it. Where could, could that scene have gone? Um, because it it ends up being quite long and it is so freaking strange and and surreal as it goes on. But I would not cut it just because of how awesome Alfred Molina is in that scene and everything mm-hmm. else. The the guy lighting firecrackers. You watch this scene. You know that those are real firecrackers because the way they go off every time. That um, the, what does he say? He's Chinese, and he's like, "Hey, he's Chinese." Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but he watch Alfred Molina. Race, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> watch Alfred Molina the whole time. I think there's one scene where he flinches, but every other firecracker that goes off, he's just solid. He's unfazed, and all of our main characters who are all like coming down from their go kaiser <laughs> especially. Uh, um, uh, John C. Riley as Reed. He's like every time he jumps higher and higher because he's just yeah. waiting for something to go down. It,
1: it is a great scene, and and it, but it also could have been cut. But the thing you would have, I guess, lost was the resolution with um, what's the guy's name again? Uh, Thomas Jane.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Like Thomas
1: Todd. Jane Todd's character. He he does end up getting killed at the end, yep. and um and his car gets shot up. His car wasn't in a good shape anyway, but now it's, it's got all shot. The windows are all shot up and, and he's fleeing for his life. Like he almost does get killed. So I think it's okay to leave in the movie also just because, uh, like you said, the performances by everyone and the, the tension of that scene is so yeah. good. It's well, that's good needs to it, be there. It's a good conclusion. It's a good. It's a good um, climax low point. to a movie. Well, but it's the a climax though too. It's it's the it's got action and uh, for crazy music, and it's upbeat, and it's <laughs> it's a climax. It's the battle scene in a movie where there's war. It's the big battle scene at the end.
2: It is when when Dirk and Reed fight for their lives. Yeah, basically, I mean, right.
0: Another way to look at it, which I think is more what I was thinking when we were watching it, is that just before that, um, you thought that Eddie had hit bottom when he was like back to back to the start where he was like waiting outside of places and getting in cars with strange men and either showing or jerking his dick. That seemed like and then he gets the crap kicked out of him. That could very well have been his low point that caused him to go back to Jack because it went full circle. Uh, But then they threw that they threw this in. And and so, I mean, like if you're talking technically, was it necessary in the story? Maybe not. However, like like we said, it's just too entertaining a scene to be cut. It's it's wild from start to finish because they don't they go uncut. And it doesn't Elfamilino cut interspersed so anywhere. He's so good.
1: He I think he he wanted he was afraid that if he didn't do something big like that that the audience wouldn't be satisfied with the ending. Yeah, um, it could because be. because everybody does have that big down moment, uh, whether it's in a limo where she. The limo stuff is some of the darkest stuff in the movie. Yeah. At that um, point,
0: every sub story is because you got the 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 coffee, the donut shop murders for um, what's his name for Don Cheadle. You got roller girl and Jack kicking the shit out of that that uh, college guy almost think, to death. Yeah, and yeah. that
1: their their dark night of the soul or whatever happens at the simultaneously at the at the exact same yeah. time. She is haunted by her past, and he is haunted by the fact that. He is not the man he wanted to become or the man that he used to be. But he's like, yeah. a, like a, even that guy says to him something about his movie sucking now. Like he yeah. does feel like he's um, no longer, you know, going after a lofty worthy goal. But yeah. He's, he's just, just, he's going through the he's motions, scrapping. He's in the bottom, scraping the bottom now. And, yeah. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for him. And then that kid points it out and then roller girl, it's like totally her past coming back to haunt yeah. her because that is the guy in the school that made her feel like a slut yeah. and made her feel like a whore or whatever he was doing with it. So then he shows up like even the, what she says to him. I felt that way when he was on top of her. She was saying she when she comes out of the car, she says, you know, you don't get to touch me or you don't get to touch me. You you fuck or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just heartbreaking. So here's
0: something else we noticed along this. The music in this movie is top notch. Like it's um, up until a certain point. We were like, there's no composed music in this. It is just uh, soundtrack like from 70s, 70s music. Yeah. But but that stops at the at the kind of dark night of the soul stuff where uh, Wahlberg is doing his jerking in the truck with the dude who lets that go on for a very long time before his friends show up to kick the shit out of him. So I had a little bit of an issue with that with what were they waiting for? What was the plan? But there I, actually,
1: I actually, though, get the sense. And I don't know if you guys got it this time or not, but I did. And. Because that never bothered me for some reason. But I think the reason it doesn't bother me is because I actually think that the reason that guy volunteered to be the guy who did that was because he's kind of into it. But as soon as his friends show up, then he's like immediately like, you're a piece of shit. You're garbage. But like, he's kind of like. He he looked
0: really into it. That's what I'm saying. Up until that point. I get
1: a sense that he is into it, but he could never let his friends know that. And so he's doing this as a way to punish himself for like being into that. Yeah, what I, he, what, what happened? Were his friends demons. at
2: home, though, and he texted t- them? He's, no. like, he's like, he's in my truck now jerking off. Come over. <laughs> I, and they're like, we'll be there in 15 minutes. Just I hang tight. I didn't get they, that Like sense. For that to be a hate crime planned out, Like it yeah. took a long time for him to jerk off. They were like, they're like, just let him jerk off in front of you for like two, Ten five minutes. minutes yeah. And uh, just make sure you know he's really going to jerk off. They It'd might have funniest just been, if we I beat mean, him up. They really might have just been...
1: But because technology isn't like that, they might have just been waiting, not knowing what at what point what was going on in the car, right? They're just waiting yeah. in the dark there to jump and beat him up and
2: yeah, like, really we'll, give him, we'll, we'll, we'll wait give till five you're minutes. drooling.
1: We'll like, no, um, be like, we'll give him five minutes and then we're going to go in and kick the shit out of this guy. And they're like, yeah, whatever. I, like that didn't bother me so much. It didn't bother me at all. Actually, the music and the scene. It's is fine. So it's fine. Yeah. It's fine so they
2: do you that. you need the pacing for that scene. Which is yeah. why it's fine, right? But yeah. Just realistically, you're looking at it, you're like, "What the fuck were they waiting for?" But yeah, it's not yeah. a big- yeah, yeah, it's, it's a never, small. It's
0: not even a speed bump. It just is like, "Oh, hey, there. Here's something I can make a big deal yeah, of on our it's, podcast." It's,
1: it's definitely <laughs> exactly. I, well. There's got to be some kind of flaws in this movie. The thing oh, yeah. that's so well, I mean, but I don't know if that. I don't even consider that a flaw. It's. But I don't. The, it's. It's minor. It's so the minor. Thing that is the thing about this movie that is so crazy. Watching it under this. The, the, there's there's two things there's two things so it really sucks sometimes watching a movie under the lens we watch it under when the movie is bad and you used to like mm-hmm. it but in this case what is so cool is when you watch it under the critical lens and you realize what a good movie that it is and you're like yeah holy shit this is a masterpiece of writing, directing. I mean, the directing in this movie the, is insane. We noticed. Insane. We noticed
0: immediately where the movie. St- like, there's a couple of long shots in this. The f- opening of this movie is like a two and a half minute. Three minutes uncut. and 50 seconds. Three minutes. Yeah. I think there was a little bit before like um oh there's a black it was at yeah so the 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 first cut of the movie uh the first edited scene is about 350 in but i think there was about a minute of stuff on the front end but it's close to three minutes uncut scenes starting outside establishing where we are in the time frame getting us inside giving us some of the main characters um going through this whole restaurant like from crane to to dolly to however they did it maybe some handheld you notice that immediately and there's not one incompetent moment of directing in this movie. It is fucking eye candy. Everything is framed properly. There's even... The composition like, the, is amazing the, that we shot. The sets, the sets are detailed to an extent that we, I think, all at a time felt like there's there's almost a, a Wes Anderson thing happening. Not at all shot in the same style, but that level of detail into every environment you get in, you you feel like you're there it's amazing it's amazing from a directing perspective this would should maybe go down as one of the best directed movies I've ever seen
1: yeah the the problem the problem with P.T. Anderson I mean the problem with uh, Wes Anderson versus P.T. Anderson it's so funny they both have the last same name I know yeah is that um, P.T. with like with his directing with with the music with the editing with with everything none of that stuff is noticeable it all it puts just, you there. It all just blends in and feels so cohesive like everything is like in unison whereas yeah. Wes Anderson stuff sticks it's, out like a sore thumb it's more and surreal it His is, stuff is it, more surreal it's just it's it's not just scenery but it, yeah you, you become you get focused on it a lot of it yeah he I brings, think he, he uses brings a lot of he, attention to it he draws a lot of attention to what he's doing
0: yeah, I think Wes Anderson also uses, like, room design to frame shots in real interesting ways, like lots of faraway shots that get an entire background set in play with everything perfectly angled and framed, whereas this just has amazing things to look at as we glide through and as it follows character, It's very motion heavy, um, This this directing style. There's very few static shots
1: yeah it um, is motion and, heavy yeah you're right it, and it's just
0: it's done so well I think like in that line I'd give a, a, a nod to like David Fincher who always does such a great job of having us focused on one or more characters in a scene in a way that just demands your attention in certain spaces and areas and I found this very much like that um mm-hmm. While also just done in like it felt like the 70s, like the late 70s and early 80s, like I felt like I was there for the whole thing. This movie gets away with having a a fucking unprompted, unplanned um, musical number dance scene and you buy it because of how well it's selling the world in this. It's freaking like you never doubt for a second that like they could be dancing like that and everyone together. It like it works. This is a perfect
1: example. We we talked about that movie we did a few weeks ago, the uh, Kung Fu Hustle.
2: Yeah, they right.
1: try and do something very similar, and once again, it comes off as to me, it came off as very off-putting and stupid or silly. And this, with all of the mont, all of the montages in this are so good. And yeah. that montage where they do the they they do the like line dancing disco line dancing number or whatever is so great. Yeah, <laughs> like this. Yeah, this movie is, uh, is, a, is is this movie would go on the list as a masterpiece with with uh pulp fiction with, with um the, what's the Clint Eastwood one, Unforgiven Unforgiven yeah. I Shawshank. mean Shawshank, yeah Shawshank for sure like this this movie uh, the fact that this was his second feature as well is shocking. <laughs>
2: I, That's insane.
1: I'm excited that we're watching all of his other movies after that because like this was his beginning. But I think it after watching But I this, feel
2: like it was building always for him. Yeah. Well, he
1: shot a lot of short films. Like he just would, he was just shooting all of the time. He made a lot of projects like independently with his own money are... His father was wealthy. His father was a TV executive or something like that. Especially usually the
2: way with a lot of these guys.
1: Yeah, but so he did, whether he like fundraised or he had the money on his own, he he had a lot of experience for sure. And uh, it all just came to like, you know, to a head when he made this. It all just came to a head. And you can see it. I think that
2: he was building it like he said he came up with the name Dirk Diggler when he was 17 and that and the very first short that he's credited for on IMDB is the short for Dirk Diggler that's so, quite uh, well yeah he made like, a, that's he made the a thing th- is like I feel like this this might have been like his second feature movie but I feel like this was a project that he was like always had on his mind he did a year's study with Ron Jeremy for this on top of all that research like I really feel like um like that's why this feels so manicured.
1: Well, and technically this is his second kick at this can because he he made a movie he made this movie previously independently like uh, I think it's the Dirk Diggler story is what it was called.
2: Yeah, it's the short, right?
1: Yeah, so he had made this already and then just got the budget to make a bigger version of it. Finally someone recognized that this was a good idea and gave him the 15 million. But, uh, yeah. so Brent, you're right. Like he'd been working on this for years and years and years, which actually is really comforting and nice because there's a couple of projects I've been working on for years and years and years. And hopefully all of that work, you know, like when you see it, it's it, that's the problem with stuff today. Nobody is taking the time to, to develop and let things blossom and let the ideas, you know, come to them. Everyone's just forcing things and pushing projects forward and, and trying to make them as quickly as possible because there's everybody wants content right now. So rather than making good content, everyone's just making crap to fill the empty voids of streaming yeah. services. And so I feel like this is another good example of like something that is good because it took a, a, quite a while to get there. Yeah, to this develop. It yeah. probably took years to write. The idea like Brent said was percolating for like it sounds like ten years, I mean, and then he just you know like when you get that amount of freedom and time you it's not genius, it's hard work is what it is, yeah, yeah, it looks like genius though when you watch it,
2: well, but that's what they say they say inspiration will find you, but it must find you working, right like this is where this stuff comes from is from like constantly putting yourself in that seat and 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 imagining. What this world's gonna be and what the depth of it is and who the characters are and what they mean to each other and the greater things and then if you take a look at it like how this movie is so inspired by pt's own fucking, uh childhood then all that stuff starts to really come out in the focus as well like you're like okay well not only has this been considered for a while but it's very personal um and then on top of it i gotta feel like the guy's a fucking fantastic director i mean i I hesitate to call people genius easy anymore, but I think he is a genius. He, Yeah, he's just perfectly suited for this job. But
1: but once again, you look at you look at the other filmmakers who are considered geniuses and it took it takes like it took like five to eight years for for Kubrick to make a movie. And like once again, it like the time it's the amount of time that you're given to to do these projects. I, I'm I you know, I read a lot of screenplay blogs and uh, I get a lot of emails from companies and they're saying learn how to write a script in six weeks. Like how good is that script going to be? It's not going to be very good. Like they're gonna by, teach
2: you the bullet points for what you need to hit your but notes It's because people yeah. want
1: you to write your first draft in six weeks. Like I've never had had someone, you know, say, We'll pay you this such and such a money, but you gotta adapt this. I take this idea and turn it to a script in six weeks. Like that is insane that that's kind of what the standard is for your first draft in Hollywood today. But when you look at what people are producing on TV and in movies, (laughs) it looks like they wrote it in six weeks. Yeah. And uh, it's a tragedy and we're not having, we're not going to have content that lasts or stands the test of time or like touches people in a way. Like all of these people feel real in this movie. Everybody in this movie feels real to me. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, depth no. to the character. The dialogue—they're flawed. Feels They're real. all flawed. They're flawed
0: and but likable. All of them.
1: They are, and it, it, it makes it, it. It like there's so much to talk about and go through in this movie with each and every character. Like yeah. we already talked about the beginning of the movie, but the beginning of the movie introduces, I think it does introduce every major character, every yeah. one of them. They're all at the club because that's where they hang out. It's a perfect vehicle to establish that. Um, and then they end up back at those clubs in countless scenes. Um, one where he's in, he's interviewing another kid, the new Johnny Eddie Doe. Adams, right? Johnny Dow. Uh, Are the dance number when he's got his new clothing and stuff. They're back at that club again, and Louis Louis owns that club. Yep. So so and but he wants to be in the he wants to be in the porn industry, and he gets to he gets to be a a bartender. He does light people's light people's cigarettes.
0: The Rodriguez brothers. The (laughs) the way that this
1: all. (laughs) the way that this all—what was the sign? What did the sign say?
0: Rodriguez. Yeah, it had a instead, cue, of Rodriguez. instead of Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> oh no,
0: it's a Q. And
1: and uh, the way that everything intertwines and 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 blends together in this is um, like a dream for anybody who who's ever tried to make a movie like this mm-hmm. to to get it feeling cohesive and like one world that that you're that it's a delight. It's a it's a it's a delight.
0: It's it's funny because we're we're kind of uh, gushing a little bit here. Um, This movie was only nominated for three Oscars and didn't win any. Um, What? (laughs) Yeah. So it got nominated for um, Burt Reynolds for Best Supporting Actor, Julianne Moore for Best Supporting Actress and Best Screenplay. Uh, it should or have original won. screenplay. What, what well, beat
1: screenplay? Well, well yeah. So um, it was, yeah. Goodwill, like, do you want sorry, a name? John.
0: Well, I was just going to say it was it was Goodwill Hunting. I have um, the list here if you
1: guys want. I just okay. wanted to talk
0: about some of the other movies that came out this year because it was as as good as it gets. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Um, uh, what were the, the L.A. Confidential? Harry. Titanic was the huge Oscar winner this year too. So, the a lot got stolen because of that. All that. Yeah, the Good Monty In and Out. Donnie um, Brasco,
2: Wag the Dog.
0: Yeah. So there were some there were some high powered movies in here. Goodwill hunting winning the best original screenplay over this. Very interesting, because I that that's a tough, that's a really good, tough one. Goodwill,
1: Goodwill Hunting is a fantastic movie, and it is a very, very good screenplay, which also took like ten years to write as well. So yeah. once again, we're talking about another script that was developed over when they were in high school they wrote this or college, they wrote Goodwill Hunting. So, so I mean, it is a great script, but you know what? I think this is better. I, it's Dude. hard
0: to believe that the full Monty would have been nominated for Best Picture
1: over. It's hard this. to believe that Titanic Best won anything. Other I don't than, really get it. Yeah, yeah,
0: and Best Directing uh, that that Titanic would win for Best Directing.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Over this, that is yeah. insane. Because
2: and it, because, I bet you it's because of the topic, the, the subject matter. Well, it's because I, of the popularity.
1: Exactly right. It's just like Forrest Gump winning over Shawshank. It was the popularity of the movie and the success in the theater that got it the, the accolades and the awards. Yeah. Boogie Nights, can, like, is. Can I just tell you? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say you should never have lost directing to anyone. Should have never no, lost the directing to this is bulletproof.
0: What Kim Basinger in L.A. Confidential won the Oscar over Julianne Moore in this. So yeah, and
1: that is a, tra- a giant travesty because I've seen that recently, and her performance is fine. But there's once again, it's not No one is better than Julianne Moore in this movie. No one is better than Julianne Moore in this movie. I bet you she won every other award. I bet you she won the Golden Globe. I bet you once she won the SAG. Like what did she? What, what did she not win for this? Uh,
0: she didn't. She did, no, Burt Reynolds won the Golden Globe, but she did not.
1: How did she not uh, win?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't
2: say. We we'll cut you the, off before, the, Brent. What were you, you going to say? You were
1: going to say something, Brent, yeah.
2: Oh, I was just, I was just going to, it was a complete throwaway, but I was like, do you know Con Air and Face Off both came out this year, and <laughs> both of them were nominated for Oscars for different things? Oh, my God.
1: What was it, sound effects?
2: Yeah, sound and, uh, and editing. Editing? Uh, you're very close.
0: Contact um, also came out this year. Sound editing? Yeah. The Fifth Contact Element.
2: Year.
1: And Men as in well. Black. And Men in Black.
2: Oh
0: my God.
1: This was a great um, year for Con movies. Air,
2: Con Air for music, original song for How Do I Live <laughs> in Con Air. Are you kidding me? Uh, that
1: song won anything? Starship ah, Troopers
0: yeah. also this year. Yes and Air Force One should have won best film editing Air Force One okay, okay guys
1: what? This, Air is, Force is this, this year was the golden age of film like yeah, this was is one of the best 99
0: and 2000 were also most incredible most of
1: those movies you guys just mentioned I like like yep. there isn't a single movie that came out this year that I enjoyed
2: not one yep uh, what about the uh, unbelievable weight of massive talent the it was a, weight of massive I have talent. to
1: watch it again we watched that last night, John. But I, I might, I might, I still need to watch it again. My vote's not in on that one. There's some great things about it. I really totally. enjoyed it, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still a little hesitant. I'm not sure about it. These, they kind of lose you in the end. The third act is, I think, a bit of a mess. I, I, I did really enjoy Nicolas Cage though, and it was fun watching him lean into his uh, rep, weird reputation. Yeah. And uh, and really embrace it and have some fun with it. So I'm glad he did that. Well, when I, just I love Nick Cage, but yeah.
0: When I heard you guys had watched that, I thought immediately of the. Um, if if our audience hasn't seen the show Community, and you listen to our podcast and like our pop culture, culture references, go watch all of Community because you will love it. Uh, but the Community episode where Abed is trying to figure out if if Nick Cage is you know a genius <laughs> or a crazy person. Yes. It's pretty good, and his imitation of of uh, Nick Cage's freakouts are is is worth the price of admission.
1: Yeah, to his tone 400%. of voice and stuff is really funny. The way his tone is, and yeah, yeah. it's it's very good. Um, I
2: would say we haven't even mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman. I know, I know, I know.
1: Well, we have. There's so much to talk about. I mean, this is going to be forever. Philip Seymour Hoffman's character once again is. What, what do they show what he does at the end? He's working on the movies again. I know he's doing that. He no,
0: he doesn't go into any kind of... His biggest hole is that he admits his love to Eddie and Eddie doesn't yeah. return it.
2: And then he's a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: that was supposed I to was be I was supposed to quote. be my
0: quote, yeah. I know. You can still do I it. I did it. I well, just did do, it. You
1: can do it without <laughs> us.
0: But um, I feel super bad for him in that scene. But then basically he's in the background for the rest of the show. So but he doesn't he, have that.
1: He crazy. is a bit.
2: He is a bit character. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you know, what's interesting though, is some of the characters have, have more drawn out stories that have conclusions, but someone like him or are, are John C. Riley, where he, he ends up being a magician, but, and he, you have a couple of scenes where he's showing magic and stuff, but like they don't really get into his story. Like Buck's, are um, they don't really get into his story like Julianne Moore's. so then that's okay though that it, you can't yeah a, I mean it, you don't need you don't have the time yeah you're right but those yeah. characters still are stand out they stand out and like Philip Seymour Hoffman's character you once again this was in 77 so like being gay and, and I mean everybody wanted to sleep with Dirk so why would this closeted gay man not want to as well I mean he wanted to more than anybody I mean I'll, the, one of the it's that it's that atmosphere in that world again, like when they're shooting the movie and they show the reactions by everybody when Dirk pulls out his dick. His reaction is he almost starts hyperventilating. Yes, yeah. he has to get control of himself. Yeah, yeah. but but and everybody the look on everyone's face and and, you know, those characters and you're getting all of their reactions.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, this is this movie- so great.
0: It's one of the great tricks that P.T. Anderson uses a bunch in this movie where you don't see what's happening. It shows you off screen or someone's reaction or something like that. But you still know that um, um, you still know that that Dirk's whipping his dick out. You know that Bill Macy shot his his wife and uh, and husband or his wife and whatever. Yeah, and then another situation where they do it is um when they're in Alfred Molina's place and everything's going all crazy with the firecrackers. There's a scene where it just cues right in on Mark Wahlberg and we look at him for about a minute as he is like realizing that he should not be there and he doesn't like what's going on and he gets all his, his gumption worked up to go. So there and there's like everything else is happening off-screen that we're not that we're not seeing and it's all crazy. So um, I just love how how uh, PT took the opportunity to you know he could have he could have made this a more graphic movie and shown the murder of the of uh, um, William H Macy's uh, wife and lover um, but that's not the kind of movie you want to make. Plus it was gross enough when he blew his own brains out right after that. But um, but yeah it's just it, 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 like we're we're usually saying in these movies show don't tell but this even takes that one step further by just saying. You know what's happening. You don't need to see. I
1: think it's I think that's what makes you feel so close to the characters and they they become so real and believable is because we're experiencing uh, things through their them and their eyes and them seeing things. So Mm -hmm. so we're constantly looking at their face as they react rather than seeing what they're seeing. And it is I don't know if that is like is it the it, it must be the intention of why he's doing it because. It does give more depth yeah. to everyone in the movie.
0: Yeah, it's almost more powerful to see the reactions than than what just happened. Um, well, it does. It leads it you makes to, it, the,
2: to the to where he wants you to be, right? Yeah, it makes like, it this more is per- the re- this is how you'd feel.
1: Yeah, it's right? more personal. It makes it way more personal for a character, and and we you don't miss not seeing it. You, you there's never a point where I was like, I wish they would have shown that. That's never come up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Because it's about the character.
0: Oh man! Like usually when we come too closer to the end of a, a podcast, there's all this workup. Sometimes when a movie is so bad, it's like, all right, we don't need to spend any time going through this movie. Just doesn't hold up. This movie might be the opposite. Is there anything like anyone can think of that like should go? Even I was though-
1: gonna ask the same question. Like, what is a fl- what is a flaw in this movie? Like, what is a negative? What doesn't work? Is there? Is there a scene? Is there a character that's not... If I was going to
2: say a flaw, it would be the timing, like being that it's long, but the the length works for it. Like yeah. I, I don't like long movies for the sake of long movies, but this didn't actually feel long to me when we we're watching it. You just enjoy it, right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, and everything I, leads... This is a big story. There's a lot of characters. You have a huge ensemble here. And you're giving a lot of them space so the story doesn't drag and you're always with people and like you say like everyone's likable to some degree right like you you are cheering for everybody to get what they really want you want to see them happy
0: yeah yeah it's
2: very fucking interesting man
0: it is it's one of those movies that with like um zero dark 30 i think we talked about a few things we felt could have been cut and and had a more solid movie but because it was all around spy and espionage and special forces stuff. I'm like, it didn't bother me to say it didn't like to, to knock it down a notch or anything. I, I chew it all up. I understand where it's not necessary. This movie, I have less of that. Like I wondered with certain characters, if we hadn't have developed them as much or included them as much because their, you know, their arcs didn't go. So Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is a perfect example because he's not critical to the story. Did he need to be in there? But we only spend time with him when he's with our main characters, so it's not like that drags the the story or slows it down. So you could you could probably go through this movie with a fine tooth comb and have a tough time finding scenes that could go. Um, but I I argue that you probably wouldn't find a single one that you would would want to go. I think it's the, um it's pretty pretty enjoyable.
1: The one thing I wanted to mention though is the antagonist because we talked about how they're like I I think Brent was was absolutely right when he said that it's man versus themselves. But the antagonists are uh, the colonel. Uh, is it the colonel that says, who's the guy who comes in and tells them that they got to move to VHS? That's not the colonel. That's no, else. that's... No, um, no. Well, so whoever that is, Baker, Philip Baker Hall, I think his name is in real life, yeah, Rip- um, his character and the young, the, even the John Doe or whatever. Is that guy's name John Doe or whatever?
0: Johnny Doe, yeah.
1: Johnny Doe and uh, the, the younger kids, they are the antagonists because they're the ones who are trying to cheapen what they these people do. Uh, even though this is pornography, they're trying to cheapen it and, and make it um, worse. Like, but even but even they are the not rom- romance out of it. Like they, they romanticize it, especially Jack, that's, as that he is a filmmaker and that his movies are in a theater and people go and pay it buy a ticket. Mm. Yeah, and then you I see mean, him in in his distribution center sending out his VHSs. Yeah, and, it, and he walks it, in with
0: his editor, and and he's like, "What? How are we doing?" He's like, "Same old shit." And they're back. He's like, to, "It is what it scroll. is, or
1: whatever." But there's the the romance is gone, the, the mystery and the and it's no longer special. It's mundane. It's a um, that's it's, the antagonist, I think.
0: But it's that's still more environmental than people because, like Johnny Doe, he's not a bad guy. He's just trying to break in like Dirk did, and you know, he just has his own way of doing it. And the other guy who (laughs) likes butter in his his ass and lollipops in his mouth, he just, he's a businessman. He wants to make money. He's not trying to destroy film. He just sees more potential. But they are
1: though. They're, they're bad people. The Johnny Doe guy wants to be mean to women and choke women and be mean to them. And the Mark Wahlberg character said he hated that and he didn't, he wanted it to not be that. So the John, those guys and the other guy that is trying to sell them on the videotapes, talks about it being shit and he doesn't care. He just wants to make a dollar. So they are bad people because they don't have the same um, outlook. They don't have the same optimism. They don't have the same, um, you know, for them, it's just about money or fame. But for these guys, it was about doing something amazing and great that would stand the test of time.
0: Yeah, that is true. That is true.
1: And it does get ruined. And at the end, they are shooting on video Uh, we didn't even talk about the ending. Yeah. (laughs) So the karate he does in the mirror and stuff. Yeah. Always makes me laugh and. uh, I was wondering if that's
2: where Mac from It's Always Sunny. Yeah.
1: I think it is. It's got to be. I mean, there's no way they haven't seen this. And. uh, (laughs) I think the ending is great. I think the ending is perfect. I think it's 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 a great ending.
2: Like all. I like how he pays you off with the dick.
1: I like yeah, that and we they see show the dick just that. once, just once, and at the
2: end, and it is big enough that you do go, "Oh Jesus!" Christ, you see why right? people,
1: you see why people were so stunned, and you know what? Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the time, I would have said, "Don't show it," but in this case, it works.
0: Yeah, because they didn't, they didn't show it too much. It wasn't like um, the second newest Star Wars, where every Jedi had a big dick. I mean, s- lightsaber i um, flopping around <laughs> um but yeah Those this movie lightsaber's always flopping around they kept it it was like he was giving you it's one of the few times when the um don't show um the whole movie you're just wondering how big is it i think there's not a person who watched this movie wouldn't be thinking that like what are they looking at like is it that big and then they just like little thing at the end they're just like here you go and you're like what the fucking hell uh, the life, other reason why is this difficult.
1: movie will stand the test of time is because it really is a period piece on yes. the time in this industry, which, yep. like John said, was very controversial and not mainstream. And was also the cars, the clothes and the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of this is a tribute. This pays tribute to to all of those things and does it in a way that's not over the top, not in your face. And it all just works like in a symphony yeah uh and so the 2 hours and 35 minutes i we always complain about that but i don't think i would cut a single frame of this movie i don't see how no, you could this movie's great i think yeah. he nailed it i think he i think he nailed it on the time yeah. Man,
2: I'm interested to see the way the rest of this month goes Because, I mean, it yeah. sounds like
1: we're just fucking calling it right now We're, right? Setting, the, go? Well, we're setting the bar, yeah, go Mag, Magnolia is three hours I mean, and 17 minutes long Fuck, I know,
2: Magnolia might be a challenge for length Because yeah. I feel like there is some stuff maybe that could be cut there But I think overall that movie's probably I think we got it. Yeah, as well It'll
1: be really interesting if we all see it and say it doesn't But I, I think you're right yeah, Jesus, that would be a shock. Yeah,
2: I I'll just say like Boogie Nights doesn't just hold up; like it it creates a a new benchmark for um for what movies could be. I think that this movie is so fucking well shot and so well written and so well acted, considering this is Mark Wahlberg's first fucking um real like it's his first headliner thing, and he almost didn't take the role. Yeah, like he was just coming off Marky Mark here. Like the fact that PT even put him in this role, um. Like that's that to me has got some vision that you could see forward enough to, to see this fucking this like weird jacked up white rapper Kelvin Klein underwear model, um you know yep I mean I I mean maybe in those essences he is kind of the proper uh, yeah guy but it's it's just weird but yeah it holds up man I fucking love uh, this movie
0: they wanted um they wanted DiCaprio for this but DiCaprio was like I got to be in Titanic but I mean I think DiCaprio I mean, could have killed you got to look
2: back. If you look back, this is the better choice. <laughs> yeah, I except think for is, how rich I'm, I'm kind of Titanic glad. probably made DiCaprio.
1: I'm, I'm kind of glad DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe, Mark maybe. Wahlberg was right. You know what? Uh, there's been times where I, in, I've seen this movie where I felt like Wahlberg's performance might not have been good, but watching it with the critical eye when we watch this, I disagree. I think his performance is, is great. Not not as good so as perfect. Yeah, it, he's. It is it is a good performance. Like, I, I was wrong those other times. He is very, very good in this. You never
0: forget that he's, like, a messed up kid. Yeah. His home yeah. life was so bad. All he wants to be is appreciated and, like, f- told that he can be whatever he wants to be, like any kid should. And he's never had that. And so instead of just trying to live a normal life and whatever because his mom messed him up so bad and his dad just watched it all happen, he has to become, like, the biggest the biggest star in the world now to make up for all that shit. And I I get that. I understand that. And I see it through the whole time. Every line of dialogue, you can just tell he's just a messed up kid. He's overconfident. He's not really like that. He's just yeah. a, a product of his circumstances. And you've seen everything that's made him into what he is. So you get it the whole time. I think he kills it. He absolutely yeah. kills it in this movie. Everybody does. There's not a bad actor in this movie. No. Um, and that makes it great. I think it, it holds up. Uh, absolutely, it's it's like it's got to be up there. It's got to make top ten lists everywhere because it's so well put together overall. And and that's a stretch for the, at this length for us to put it up on that list. But this would be one of the best like two and a half hour movies ever made. I would say.
1: For for my hold up, I'll I'll read a review which I think really is great. And it's "Boogie Nights" is an impassioned and creative portrait of American souls in distress from a young passionate filmmaker who threw himself headlong into this movie. It, it, that that whole American souls in distress, that, yeah. that is what this does feel like. Yeah. And um, once again, we're all so imperfect and we're all trying to be better. And that's what this movie is all about.
0: Yep. It's yep.
1: so great. It's so great. It's just people who want to be better do better, feel better.
0: Be better, do better, feel better. It's a nice mantra. There you
1: go.
2: Live, laugh, love.
1: Yeah. I'm uh yeah, I'm so happy this movie exists and this is on my top 10 now. 100 it has to be. <laughs> how, how can this not be my top 10? There ain't there I don't even know. This is like top 5, top 3. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like yeah. what's better than this?
2: yeah I mean, this shot up my list watching it again. It just yeah, it yeah. really really I mean, does There's a recency bias when we watch these movies because you watch a great movie and you're like, oh Jesus, that's fucking top five. And then you, you forget a little bit down the road how good it is and you watch something else amazing and you're like, holy fuck, this is top five. like the top five list is always just. Uh, we just don't even have what we you just, watch. but we don't yeah. even
1: have any gripes about this. like not even the time like have we ever talked about like someone said a two and a half hour movie. And not said these things could be cut. This should be shorter.
0: It's rare. Yeah, no. It's super rare.
1: That's why anybody who like listens to this podcast and says these guys want everything to be shorter. And no matter what kind of movie it is, this is the exception to the rule. This yeah. mm-hmm. and Pulp Fiction. Because Pulp Fiction is a long movie too. But it does not feel long. So, no, it really doesn't. So maybe, but, we
0: should, maybe we should add to our um, terms um, where we have our, our Humpty Dumpty, which are... Movies that couldn't possibly even be edited to be normal—that's a Humpty again, Dumpty. Yeah. Maybe this movie is a Dirk Diggler, oh, and we can carry yeah, that forward. I like it, a it's, it's long, and you know it's long, but you don't feel like it's too long. I mean, that's a Dirk Diggler. It
1: doesn't right. it? Doesn't ever feel long? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep, Dirk Diggler, it is.
0: All right, we'll try and remember that. We might not though,
2: so That'll we'll be see. Pretty easy to remember,
1: <laughs> I think. We Somebody write it, it we down. Could, we call it. We could just call it Long Cock
2: yeah Big. oh it could be a long cock
1: <laughs> yeah we could do that
2: oh you know what i think those are interchangeable it just depends on a it's like that's a true that's thing. fair you could be a long cocker or you could be a diggler like it's up to you <laughs> that's
1: fair that's fair
2: yep
0: yeah
1: and uh, next is magnolia right. is it magnolia next magnolia or is, it punch is
0: next no
1: nope. wow Ooh. okay guys we got to start wheel early on that one next week yeah mm-hmm. no toast and well we won't do anything else we won't even talk to each other just mm, stare at the screen good idea just stare at Silence. the screen
0: yeah we're kind of doing his uh movies in order um so yeah magnolia is next then we got punch drunk love then there will be blood then the master so yeah oh we'll, uh, boy start to finish we'll see what we're dealing with here um and all his movies are long except for punch drunk i think is a reasonable length 90 minutes I I that's believe. still 250 250- is it only ninety? i thought it was closer believe- to two but um
1: oh i'm i was sure it was short I could be wrong. Wowzers. Yeah. That's very interesting.
2: Let's see these. Yeah. I got it right here. Where is it? No, I don't have it. Right it was there. not long. Here it is. Um, it's an hour and 35.
0: It is. Okay. Thank you. Wow.
1: Amazing. And uh, I thought at the time when I saw it was very, very, very good. So hopefully it holds up.
2: Right on.
0: I remember
1: well. it being awesome as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Only time will tell. I know I love uh, Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. But yeah, but Magnolia is next um, and uh, might be one of his lesser knowns. Maybe Punch Drunk would be, but I don't know. This is still in the early days, so um, uh, it's got some weight behind it in terms of length. We'll see how that one does, if it's a Dirk Diggler or not. Um, I know one thing for sure is I certainly don't feel like a fucking idiot for loving this movie. Um, and you shouldn't either. So get get Boogie Nights into you as soon as you can if you've not seen it. And if you have seen it's it. It's a total diggler. Just go and check it out. It's a total diggler. Get your diggle diggled. <laughs> diggle diggled. Okay, everybody, thanks for coming out and listening to this one. We'll catch you in the next one in Magnolia. And as always, enjoy your shit.